0: Good morning, everyone. It's Dr. P and welcome to another episode of the Daily Inspirational Podcast. Good morning, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in. Today, I have a very special guest. His name is Chris Jones. I call him Jonesy. Jonesy and I have been friends for a good 20 years. He's been through thick and thin with me and vice versa. So it was just a few years ago that Chris said to me, you know what, I'm going to buy a sailing vessel, a sailboat, and I'm going to sail it to Miami. Maybe Turks and Caicos and maybe somewhere in the Caribbean. I don't know yet. But I want something more out of life. And I think that being out on the ocean and getting out of this local New England environment would be good for me. I'm like, well, good for you. About three, four years have gone by, and Chris and I have had this conversation over and over that if he winds up going somewhere and sails the ocean blue, that I'll come join him, at least take a trip down and hang out with him. I thought that'd be kind of fun. So last year I was sitting out on my deck and him and I were having a conversation. He said, you know, we only have a couple of weeks left before I leave. I'm like, leave? What, what are you talking about? He says, I'm, I'm gearing up and getting ready. I'm actually taking the boat to Florida. I kept thinking to myself, what? You've never sailed anywhere (laughs) like this on your own. But I can tell you one thing about Chris Jones. This guy is like Schneider from One Day at a Time, if you're old like me. If not, he's just a guy that can get anything done. Always could, always can. If he can't figure it out, he'll find somebody who can. But it has been my uh, experience with Chris that he can pretty much figure out anything if given the time and a little bit of patience so at any rate, you know, he's talking about going down to Florida and all of a sudden he's gone and off he goes. And it takes him about 38 days to get to Miami. And, um, you know, I, I had the, the luxury a couple of times of speaking to him on the phone. It was, it was really surreal to think somebody would just get on a sailing boat and go all the way, what, 2400 miles out on the ocean alone at sea and never done it before. I was like, I got to get this guy on my podcast. I want to hear this story. I want to find out what were some of the most powerful things and what drove him and what did he learn during his trip? So all this comes up during our, our podcast. So, um, you know, I hope you listen and enjoy it and really think for a moment when, when you sit and listen to Chris and what he's done and, and why he did things. and. Maybe somewhere within his story is a small piece of reflection of your own story or your desire to change your story or your perspective. Uh, The Daily Inspirational Podcast is all about that, finding people that just have amazing messages to, to share with others. And if anything, it might be just, wow, that's really cool. I should step out of my comfort zone. Or maybe I should buy a sailing vessel. I don't know. You do whatever you need to do. But I hope you enjoy this podcast. So without further ado, check us out hit a button and what do you know it's basically on now so so anyway there was a time i don't know maybe i don't even know how many how many years ago you were talking about making this trip to miami and i'm like okay i wonder if he will pull that off (laughs) because you know a lot of people they say stuff yeah they do they don't ever get it done no and um i think You know, not that it really mattered, but a lot of people doubted the fact that you would probably just sail your damn boat from Boston all the way to Miami and then, you know, change your stars for a bit and and see what life can bring you. But so I I want to talk about it because I've been telling people like crazy. You got to listen to my buddy Jonesy's stories. He's a nut job. Uh, Sorry. And you went all the way down to Miami and you did it alone. Yeah. Start me out. What, how do you even come up with this, this thought of I'm going to buy a sailboat and I'm going to take it to Miami? Sure.
1: Well, it, you know, it started, uh, you know, five years before this even came to fruition in, uh, you know, it was something I always wanted to do. I knew I didn't want to spend every winter for the rest of my life in New England. I just wanted to get out of New England. You know, I don't like the snow. I don't like the cold. I love the beach. I love the ocean. Um, you know, we spent a lot of time partying out there on the beaches and oceans, oh. and I want to just kind of perpetuate that into an, a more of an everyday lifestyle. I like that lifestyle, right? Um, so, you know, I came up with a, a five-year plan basically, which was okay. I got to get myself a sailboat, figure out how to sail, and you know, start planning how I'm going to get down there and, and make it happen. And I ended up buying this little rinky-dink, run-down sailboat. And completely ripped it apart, basically cut it in half from hull to stern, ripped it apart and rebuilt it, rewired it, did the whole thing. And my intent was twofold. One was to learn how a sailboat works, how it operates. If it breaks, how do you fix it? And on top of that, learn how to sail.
0: Right. It, that, that might be a good idea. Yeah. Well, what he
1: <laughs> and here's where a lot of people disagreed with my plan as I would explain it to them. Yeah. Is, they, you know, they always said, "Well, well you are taking classes? You got a captain's license?" No, no, I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I figured, I looked into doing that. Right. I looked into taking sailing classes, courses, getting all this training and everything else, and it's expensive. Yeah. Rightfully so. Right. You got to. You got to learn your how own protection. Yeah. Right. But I looked at it as, you know what, I've always been one that can read material, learn it quickly, and then implement it with success. Right. So I thought, you know what, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to buy this sailboat. I'm going to rebuild this sailboat. And all the while, I'm going to read the text and the manuals that I would have been having to study in any class or course that I was taking. So, you know, that took two years to get the sailboat rebuilt uh, seaworthy right. and out on the water. I spent the next three years after that learning or pu- putting into um, practice what I had read, and, and now you know now I'm putting the 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 uh, uh, the technical part of sailing and, and you know learning the hands on right. you know on top of the the literature and and, and the uh, educational information that I read uh so you know three years fast forward into sailing and believe me I made plenty of mistakes you know on the little boat um but reached a point where I felt I was at least confident enough that I could make the trip down the problem now is, is to the next level is I've got this little boat that can't make the trip I have to get a blue water worthy sailboat significantly bigger right uh so you gotta go shopping I gotta go shopping right I started that <laughs> shopping probably a year and a half. So three and a half years in, I've got two years of the build, a year and a half sailing on my belt with another year and a half that I know I've, I can still learn how to sail. Right. But I need to get this bigger boat. I literally spent the next year and a half traveling up and down the East Coast, back and forth from Massachusetts to Florida, Maryland, to were, Carolina. Were you looking for a boat? Looking for a boat. Oh, okay. Looking yeah. at bigger boats to no avail. Um, and then it reached you know the time the time frame that okay, you know you want to be heading down you you know you're within months of what your plan was, and you still don't have a boat to do it with <laughs> like, like man, okay, <laughs> man, I ended up finding a boat down in Southern Connecticut that I had no intentions of ever buying. I had already. Decided, this is the size boat I want, this is the type of boat I want. I've been doing research on what I wanted for this year and a half as I kept bouncing up and down the coast looking for boats. So I'm doing a search for the same uh, make, boat, a, a bigger boat. And this thing like pops up. And I'm like, nah, that's not the boat I want. But man, the pictures were unbelievable.
0: (laughs) Aren't they always? Yeah. Yeah. That was
1: the biggest problem. I spent a year and a half up and down the coast looking at boats based on pictures. And when you got there, it wasn't even the same boat. Yeah, it was trash. It it was ridiculous. You know, so they're selling boats on an emotional level and not, you know, a a logical level of what they're actually worth. But the pictures were like, oh, man, you know, this is probably too good to be true. But you know what? It's only a two hour drive. This is the shortest distance I've gone to look for a boat in a while. Yeah, you don't got to go to Carolina or something. I don't got to fly down to Florida. Right. Right. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a trip this weekend. It's supposed to be raining, and I got nothing else on my plate. I'm going to drive down there and take a look at it. Now, don't I drive down there? And the boat is exactly like the pictures were. Uh Um, They were actually outfitting this boat to do what I wanted to do. Unfortunately, the captain passed away, and that's what forced the sale of the boat. Right. So now this is August of 2019. And I'm slated to leave October of 2019.
0: (laughs) Nothing like cutting it close, (laughs) buddy.
1: (laughs) Nothing like cutting it close, exactly. So I get this boat. It takes me three days to sail at home because I haven't sailed anything this big. Right. It doesn't perform like the little, you know, 27-foot Catalina boat that will sail on a sneeze and you can get the thing to move. Right, sure. So the whole learning curve has to be started over again. And just based on... You know, the way my work schedule was, you know, breaking and weather and things like that, I didn't have the time to get out on the water to the degree I should have to learn how to sail this boat.
0: Yeah, more practice time.
1: Yeah, exactly. But I wasn't going to be deterred. I had the boat, it's ready to go. I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm killing myself
0: thinking about it right now. I'm I going, just, man. You know, I'm going. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'm going. You're kind of like Nick Willenda going across, like, the <laughs> Grand Canyon. I'm doing it, man. <laughs> you're going straight. What was that, that movie? Uh, you're going right into the... Oh,
1: yeah, the perfect storm. The perfect storm. <laughs> Jesus, Billy, you're driving right into it. You're dead right into the monster. Into the monster. Yeah, exactly. like, oh, my God. I'll tell you, there were nights I thought I was, too. Um, yeah. And it, it, you know, so you know, I'm fired up. Uh, I'm now excited. I've got this boat that I'm, I'm confident that can make the trip. Uh, I'm confident in my own ability, but you know, I recognize I've still got a lot to learn. I would have loved to have had more time to practice with this boat, yeah. you know, in, in local waters and figure it out. Um, so the day comes. Uh, I actually had met another gentleman that was making the same trip or planning to make the same trip and leave around the same time I was leaving. He was going to go a different route than I was. Um, I ended up leaving on my schedule. He didn't leave. I don't know if he even ever went. Right. Th- that aside. Um, being gung-ho, you know, full of... Piss and p- vinegar. Piss and vinegar. You got it. Yeah. Exactly. I'm I'm going. I left on a day with basically a three-day weather window, which means I... Got about three days before I know I'm gonna have some weather I have to deal with.
0: Right. Meaning further you go down the coast. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're kind of going into the seasonal changes of,
1: of right. weather. Right. I'm yeah. right. I'm playing the the northerlies uh, winds shifting and being able to push me south. Right. And I know that okay the forecast has heavy weather, wind, rain, and and storm coming in. I got about three days. How far can I get before I can anchor? Take a refuge from the storm, wait it out, and then keep going.
0: Did you have to bring a lot of diapers with you?
1: <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't bring any diapers, but I didn't wear any underwear either. So it's just a clean up, with a quick and easy right. uh, factor, you know. Um, so <clears throat> day one, I'm I'm heading out, and I'm all excited. I am excited enough, and, and ignorance and arrogance is is a battle I often play too close to the edge and and (laughs) I can't just can't break that habit and I know I have it that I'm leaving and I actually make a video of bye land I'm leaving (laughs) see you later no more winters for me Added to you know kind of sticking it up New England's butt yeah and right out of the gate in day one don't I start with the problem of course Um, I'm out sailing and things are going great it's a it's literally a beautiful day things are going perfect And drop your guard, bottom line. And, you know, I go for a a jibe to to change my direction on the wind and and my route. And the front sheet comes across and doesn't it catch on the light of the mast and completely tear. So you shredded the mast? I mean, shredded 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 the the sail? Yeah, it's useless. It's completely useless. Now I'm down one sail. 50% 50% of my sail inventory is now gone because I only have two.
0: <laughs> how, how long have you been at sea? <laughs> <laughs>
1: For an hour? Hours. Hours. I made it through a day. I mean, it's now late afternoon. Oh, my and God. And I'm only down off the Jersey Shore. So I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So I find a little inlet uh, off the Jersey Shore and I pull in, uh, lick my wounds a little bit, so to speak, and just try and figure out, now what are you going to do? Right. So I spend the night there, get up in the morning, take the damaged sheet down and off and continue on my way now with only one sale. And my mentality is, okay, let's just get down towards Montauk, somewhere in New York, and we'll figure it out from there. I'm planning a stop in South Carolina to visit family anyway. I'll get to South Carolina. I'll get the sheet either replaced or repaired at that time. I'll I'll just manage to get down here with one sheet. So now we're into day two and we're heading towards Block Island or going past Block Island. And the boat that I have has autopilot. So I don't have to be at the helm 100% of the time. The boat will sail itself. All right. I go downstairs. I'm making a sandwich, making some lunch, a cup of coffee. And I feel the boat bog down. Now, the, the engine's running at this time. So I'm kind of like under sail, but I'm also under power because the wind has died. So the, the boat is motoring, the engine and the prop is spinning. I'm yeah. down in the in the cabin making a sandwich, having some lunch, and I feel the boat bog down and I can hear the engine change in pitch. I'm like, oh my gosh, something just happened. So I drop what I'm doing. I run outside. I put the engine in a neutral and I shut it down. And I've been here before with other power boats that I have that ropes or fishing line or whatever it gets, gets tired stuck up in, in the, the umbrella a, in the, the prop. props and yeah so i know something's fouled the prop but i don't know to what degree i figure oh, it's probably no big deal um i'll just you know swim down there and take a look at it so now i'm out in the in the ocean middle of ocean about eight miles from shore but i'm, I'm in eyesight of block island i've just gone past block island so i'm like okay so i get undressed i throw on a a wetsuit and I tie a rope around myself and to the rails <laughs> of the boat because the boat is st- still in it's motion, still just moving. adrift. Yeah, I'm yeah. right. I'm not throwing an anchor. The boat is moving. So you had, you know, I tether myself to the boat with a rope long enough that I can get in the water, swim under the boat. There's a blue construction tarp Stuck to your propeller, wrapped completely around the pe- the the propeller, the the shaft, and everything. What's what's
0: your vision like down there?
1: Can you see? Is well, it clear? I, I, I had sc- all my scuba gear. I brought everything.
0: But the visibility was good enough to be able to work.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, well, you're only in three, four feet of water. Okay, you, you know that's how, you know down. These, yeah, you know, for, just
0: to get to the prop. Just to get to the. You prop. You could still be twenty feet above the bottom of the of the ocean.
1: Oh, it's in hot, uh, over hundred feet of water. Oh, but oh. I've only got to go down four or five feet to get to where the
0: prop is. Right. While well, the boat's moving and you're tied to it. I'm tied to and it. And there's nobody else on the boat. No one's around. Except your, your empty diapers.
1: Yeah. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, this actually doesn't bother me.
1: That oh, this is the easy stuff. This <laughs> is right. I mean, compared to what's coming, this is easy. Yeah. And it, it doesn't even really bother me. Um, so it's like, oh man, okay. Get back up on the boat, get a knife, you know, get down there. Now I'm down there. I'm drifting with the boat. I'm tied to the boat. I'm cutting the, the thing away. So the tarp gets all cut away. Come back up and you know resume sail. Still very light wind, can't really get moving too fast. So, you know, I'm motor sailing, heading towards the tip of Montauk. It's getting late in the afternoon now, and I can see the weather gaining on me, that I knew was coming in from the from the rear. Yeah, 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 bearing down from the rear. <clears throat> and I'm thinking, oh man, what am I what am I going to do? Where am I going to go now? My plan, and this is at the advice of everyone else not to do. My plan is to sail the entire route on the outside, do not go in the intercoastal. I mean, I'm going outside the whole way down. So I mean like like on the open ocean. Open ocean rather
0: than going in and out of
1: little inlets. Yeah, and following a, the intercoastal <coughs> waterway, which is, you know, more inlet and protected. Is that almost like riverish, if you will? Yeah, there are sections of it that are definitely yeah. riverish. Yeah. Um so now the weather's bearing down. The wind is picking up, which is nice. So now I can turn the engines off and just sail Yeah. with only one sail. I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to keep sailing. I've got wind now. It's in my favor. I'm going for it. Well, it continues to grow, continues to grow. The weather is out of control. Now it's raining. The wind is blowing like crazy. The boat's moving pretty good, though. Yeah. I can't complain about the momentum of the boat. That wind is pushing it. It's at this point, though, I'm thinking to myself, do I really want to go outside in the open water the whole way? Because I can cut down Long Island. Yeah. Long Island Sound, you know, come out uh, the Hudson through New York and then back out into open water there. You know what? I'm pretty new at this. I'm going to play this part safe. I've already had day one nightmare, day two a problem, and now I've got weather coming down on me that I haven't had any practice with. Right. I'm going to sail into the night, to a point to where I'm comfortable and, you know, that I, am I'm, I'm, I'm aware, I'm awake. I can, you know, keep going confidently. Yeah, still lucid. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the boat's moving. It, it's, you know, it's go time. I'm, I'm going down. All right. I'm going around Long Island Sound. So you know, I turn in Long Island Sound. The boat is just ripping down Long Island. It's now about 1030 at night. The wind is now really kicked up and I'm thinking to myself, I need a break. I need a break. Where am I going to go? What am I going to do? And I go past this inlet that I'm completely unfamiliar with, but it's got a little jetty system to it. And I'm thinking to myself, I can't go in that inlet because I don't know what's in there. And it's it's small and it's tight. Could be Jaws. <laughs> Could be anything. <laughs> so I the plan I devise is I'm going to anchor up on the leeward side of this jetty, which means that jetty, I'm using that jetty to buffer the wind and wave right. and getting bashed on light. So it's now about 1030, 11 o'clock at night. I've got the anchor set kind of closing the boat down battening down the hatches so to speak but i don't want to go completely to sleep so i'm up and down every hour or so i'm checking the anchor line and making sure everything's okay yeah <clears throat> about 6 30 in the morning comes around anchor still holds the boat's still good i'm like oh this is fantastic this is easy I'm I mean the, the you know, I'm not saying it's easy but I'm like this is great I didn't know how this would go yeah I'm so glad the anchor line held overnight it held all night long. I'm actually gonna lay down and try and get a good couple hours because I'm gonna ride the rest of this storm out here for the for the rest of the day and'll I'll, I'll have, get going again this after, in the afternoon
0: yeah
1: an hour and a half later I was awoken by a big crash and bash when the boat hit the shore oh the boat had spun around apparently at some point or change its direction and the, the rope line that I had came across the pulpit which is a metal base that sticks off the front of the boat that holds the anchor yeah, when yeah. you're not on anchor. Right. And it must have chafed enough that it cut the rope oh. right at the boat's edge and I'm asleep so it washes the boat ashore. That was really the first time I got scared. <laughs> Because as soon as that boat hit and banged for the first time.
0: Did it feel like you got hit in a car accident type of thing? Or was yeah,
1: it, yeah. 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 You knew. Because it was a boom. It time. was like, yeah. It, that boat was probably, you know, so it, it's still windy out. Yeah. The surface is still, you know, pretty good. And that thing must have just like banged the bottom. And up here in New England, the shores are rocky. Yeah. It's solid. It's not sandy, right. you know, soft it's stuff. going to smash your keel the heck. Smashes the keel, right? So I feel that first one and it hit and I was like, oh my God. I'm on the shore so I jump up I got no clothes on <laughs> so, no I'm, diaper no, nothing nothing I, I think I was wearing a t-shirt and my underwear best right I get up I get dressed I throw on long pants I throw on my sweatshirt my, my, my water boots and then my raincoat top and I ran outside and literally 40 seconds later I was completely soaked from the waves bashing over the edge of the boat oh my god I'm like oh my god I'm on the radio, I'm calling the Coast Guard, I'm calling Sea I'm calling anybody that I think can possibly come ha- help me. Yeah. Because, you know, the key, those sailboats, I've got six feet of at least water when it first hits. Yeah. So the boat is banging on the bottom, It's but it, now it's going to take a little bit of time to get to shore. It, I'm not on shore yet. So now I'm throwing out, out like an anchor, my second anchor to kind of slow that progression into the beach. Yeah. And the angle of the wash... Now, I get lucky in that when the boat finally, you know, stopped the progression towards the beach, I was actually in a predominantly sandy area. The one little sandy area that I could hit is is where I could have possibly hit. So I'm thinking, all right, I'm lucky. The boat's probably not going to be that bad. Yeah. But now it's laying on its side. The tide is actually going out. I it's it's on uh, the Coast Guard I'm on on the radio to the Coast Guard I'm on the radio to Sito. the local police are now on the shoreline and I'm close enough to the shoreline that the police and everything they're yelling at me yeah we're talking
0: Yeah. yeah
1: so I have to spend all day or at least the next six to seven hours as that tide continues to go out the boat is now stuck but I'm in the wave break zone so the boat is constantly getting bashed Founded. and banged and banged to the point where it's putting so much stress and action on the rudder of the boat. It's And that is affecting the steering wheel and the cabling system. Yeah, It's getting bashed so much, the steering wheel and the autopilot of the boat pops right off, flies right off, and like explodes. Oh my God. <laughs> Are you kidding me? There's ball bearings, gaskets, <laughs> the steering wheel like rolling down the cockpit of the boat. I'm just you know, fumbling around just just getting drenched by waves coming over the top of the boat i'm trying to gather up parts and just throw them in a box i don't know what i'm going to do with them afterwards anyway but i I'm, right. I'm not you know i don't want to lose the parts
0: was that the moment when you were thinking what the hell am i doing I'm this like, for
1: <laughs> actually it, it's it's funny too. it's funny because i didn't think that yeah. and w- and what people find weird is what i was thinking and what i was thinking was i can't believe i'm going to wreck the boat of the, uh, the, these poor people's boat that I just bought from them, I'm going to wreck it. Huh? My first verge, uh, voyage out. Yeah. And I think that's because, you know, through the whole process of, you know, looking to the boat, meeting with the family, you know, there's always a back and forth to buy this thing. You don't just go down there, give them a check, and you, you bring a boat home. There's some yeah. back and forth and things like that. So they tell you the story of their family and, you know, how much they've enjoyed the boat. And, you know, clearly they put a lot of time and money into this yeah. boat. The thing's all outfitted. And you get to learn that. And, and people with boats, th- there's an emotional attachment to them. Yeah, they're connected. They're connected. They love yeah. them. They, you know, there's a big part of their life and their family time and their vacation. And so I'm cognizant of that. And these this this family also said, you know, Keep us in the loop. If you email us and send pictures, and we'd love to know about your voyage. You know, it would really make us feel good because that's what we wanted to do.
0: So you were about to take a picture of the boat on its side. Yeah, with three the- days. Yeah, three
1: days <laughs> into it. You know, literally probably a few miles from where I actually bought it down in Long Island Sound, and I'm about to wreck it because it's now on the beach, getting battered and you know falling apart.
0: You know what people don't know about you is that you classically are a contractor. You're you're a man who's knows how to use tools, build, create, fix. And I always think that if that were me, it wouldn't be me because I wouldn't have chose to do what you did. Uh, I have mad respect for it. That's why I wanted to hear the story about it. But the fact that you can get on a boat and fix an engine, you could patch the hull, you can do anything that Mother Nature throws at you within reason. I certainly wouldn't ask or, uh, or send out the, uh, hey, why don't you try it sometime? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. You and I have been on a boat a million times. Yes. For every time something's gone wrong, I'm the guy holding the, the wrench. Yeah, pass me this, <laughs> yeah, pass me that. Exactly. Yeah. That's not my gig, but y- you have skills, mad skills to be able to pull this off if mother nature allows that.
1: Well, the the, uh, the, the upside to that, I, I, I thank you for the compliment. Yeah. Um, I came prepared for... Anything that happened, I had extra parts. I had, I literally had a huge toolbox, construction toolbox with all the tools in it. I had- Yeah, prepared. Prepared, prepared. Uh, So we've spent all day now. The boat's, you know, coming apart. Sea tow comes back on the change of the tide. Now we're getting water back into where they think they can get me pulled back into deeper water and figure out what's going on. So fast forward, I get pulled off. Um, Now into deeper water and we're going to get to a harbor. I want to have the boat pulled out of the water to assess the damage on the bottom if there is any. Right. Well, turns out we can only get the boat in to this harbor that I drove by the night before that I, I don't know what's in that harbor. I'm not going in there. Can only my boat can only be brought in there at high tide because there isn't enough water in there. Right. So, thank goodness I didn't go in there in the middle of the night during a storm, right? Right. So I'm like, okay, we're we'll, we'll back at high tide. That's You needed the high tide to get me out. Why don't you get me to that marina? Do me a favor, call whoever it is at that marina. Let's get an appointment right away, get the boat hauled out in, in the high water. So thankfully, the sea tow captain got it done. Yeah. You know, worked out great. Unfortunately, when the boat got pulled out, it revealed a huge hole that has now been worn in the bottom of the hull. Do you think that was from laying on its side? Absolutely, yeah. And just getting you know rocked and beat and and bashed and
0: rubbed out for six seven hours. Yeah, exactly.
1: It just wore a big hole right in the bottom of that boat. Oof. Um, Now, fortunately, with the design of this boat and the way it was built, it was in the like an area that the key of the hull that was like double layered. So the hole was only worn through the outer layer. The boat never took on any water. Wow. So the boat gets hauled out stays in this marina's yard for the next five days that I took to repair the hole in the hull. Right. So now I'm on the ground. Three days after starting the trip, the boat's back out of the water on the ground. (laughs) I'm at work, you know, doing fiberglass repair, grinding, sanding, the whole nine yards. And again, I just, you know, got very lucky that I landed in that marina where I did uh, down in Montauk. You know, Lines Marina. Couldn't be more grateful yeah. to the way they treated me. Took they care of you. Took care of me. Let me work on my own boat, do the repairs. Let me stay there. Very accommodating. Can't say enough about those people down there. After that time, the boat's ready to go. Well, I think the boat's ready to go anyway. Throw throw a couple uh, coats of bottom paint on there. They drop me back into the water at the next high tide and off I go. With only two and a half days now till the next storm and weather window so i have a goal of getting down to southern new york before this next front that i need to get off the water for i am now probably a day and a half gaining on two days into this trip and the weather has again caught up to me before i expected i'm about 12 miles from shore before I have figured out, okay, I got to sail in this direction at this point, uh, you know, on the map, I get to, you know, come about and then make my tack back into land. It's about 1 in the morning. It's, it's storming out again. Now I make my turn, my jibe or I come about now. Doesn't the wind catch that mass too fast? The mast boom break, doesn't hold. It comes across the boat so fast it tears my second mast. Uh, my, sec, my second my uh, second sail. Sail. Yeah. Now I have no sails. <laughs> I'm twelve miles from shore on a sailing the, vessel. On a sailing vessel <laughs> in the middle of the night. Oh my god! <laughs> it's like all right. Let's turn um, the engine on and put in. Yeah. So I spend the entire next day getting pounded on the way in. To which I finally make it into Oakland, New York. And I no sooner get in, rip the mainsail down, take it off, bring it down into the cabin. Because at least it wasn't destroyed. The first sail was destroyed. Right. This one was a tear that rent, you know, it wasn't usable, but it wasn't destroyed. It was still repairable. Could you fix it? I did. Yeah. I had been prepared enough that I bought a commercial grade sail sewing machine. Oh. So I had the materials on board and the ability or the tools, we'll see if I have the ability to do it. (laughs) Yeah. So I take the sail down, I spend that whole next day riding out the storm on a dock, sailing uh repairing and sewing a patch into the sail. Yeah. I'm thinking to myself, This is gonna have to be it. I said if this sail doesn't work, you know, I raise this sail tomorrow morning and try and get down the coast and this sail doesn't hold and the sewing doesn't work, the trip is over. Right. I've that's it. That's uh, the final I can't do anymore. More. Yeah. yeah, that's it. So, needless to say, the repair works. So, here I go. Down, I'm on my journey. I'm heading down. I am now wanting to make it to Atlantic City is my next goal. And I'm heading down. I realize I'm not going to be able to make it. It's getting too foggy. It's too... To uh, the weather becoming too inc- inc- inclement. inclement. Yeah, yep. <clears throat> I'm gonna hang out on about the New York Jersey line on the anchor for the night. Put the anchor out. Go to sleep. It's this, this, now, this weather isn't that bad. It's just really foggy. It, you know, it's blowing a little bit, but it's not bad.
0: Yeah, you just can't sail on it. I'm just, well. You could, I'm but not going
1: to. I've been yeah. through enough. I'm taking a break. Yeah. I'm not going to push the issue. So I spend the night on the anchor. No problems whatsoever. I get up in the morning. It's a beautiful day. Out. I get up and make a nice breakfast. I'm going to relax a little bit. I'm going to take my time, and then I'm going to get out of here. I get up, do my thing, I'm ready to go. I go up to the boat. Now there's enough current or whatever that I can't pull the anchor. I can't get slack in the anchor line to untie and, and, and start get it coming in. So it's too tight cuz yeah. the the or, current or or whatever. I've I've got it. It's 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 too tight or I can't, I can't pull it because usually what I can do is you can grab the anchor line and you can kind of pull it in and, and you, the boat will pull towards the anchor and yeah. it releases it. It releases uh, it. <clears throat> so I've got it unhooked from the cleat but I can't I can't pull anymore. I'm not strong enough to get the current is enough that I can't do it. So I'm thinking, okay, I, I, know, I know what to do. I've been here before. I'm just going to run down to the cockpit. I'm going to turn the engine on, put it in idle and it'll just creep forward and I, I can pull that rope in. It'd be nice and easy. So I run down there turn the boat on, throw it in gear, run back up. I don't realize, I didn't know that I was so close to the end of the amount of rope on that anchor line that I had that when I ran back to the cockpit, it all paid overboard. Oh, wow. So now I'm down a few anchors. I've lost the anchor that broke up in Montauk. Yeah. This anchor is now gone. I have no anchors. <laughs> I've just paid out two anchors, all my anchor line. I've literally got nothing left. I can't anchor one and, and a one. half mast One sail. Half a sail because it's repaired, right? Right, yeah. I'm thinking, you got to be kidding me. That's, that's it. I'm staying out in the water. I'm not going to land. I'm not going to crash into the, the shore again. Right. I've, I've had it. Just get down to Jersey. Figure out what you're going to do in Jersey. But I'm close enough to shore that I can make a, self, a cell phone call. So I'm thinking to myself, I have sales at home. I can get my buddy to go up there, check out, see what I got for sales. I'm going to figure out where you can mail those things down to me. You know, I'm trying to I'm trying to figure out how figure I'm going to get yeah. this going. Solve a problem. Solve a problem. Yeah. So on my way to Jersey, I get down to Djer- into Jersey. It's late. It's about 10, 30, 11 o'clock. It's after dark. I'm now developing electrical problems. I have uh, no depth finder. It's blinking out. My wind uh, gauges are going. Something in the electrical system is failing. But on your GPSs, you have soundings on your chart. It shows you what the water depth is supposed to be. Yeah. So you don't really need the depth uh, finder on your boat. It's nice to have. You know, I'd rather have it than not have it. Right. But now I'm going to be relegated to using the soundings. Now, the soundings are accurate to a point because shift, uh, you know, Currents shift, sandbars, and things like that. So here I am. I'm coming into Atlantic City. Uh, it's late at night, and I'm very close on the soundings alone of the depth of water. But I come in, I creep in, I get to the dock, and I tie up. Now, what's nice is it is so late in the boating season for New England, all the marinas are closed the boats are gone Right. I can just get in and tie yeah. up just about anywhere I want without a problem so I, I'm tied up now down in Atlantic City <clears throat> you know coming up on midnight I'm like okay well I'm just gonna hang out here um, you know there's gonna be some weather coming in the next couple of days I'm just gonna hang out for a little bit I gotta figure out how I'm gonna get some anchors and maybe I'll start addressing the, the first sail that I ripped
0: are you running out of money
1: yet? No, not yet, yeah. not yet. Um, so I spend the night on the dock in Jersey. I get up the next morning, I call a cab. I have the cab come and pick me up at the dock. We go over to West Marine. I get a couple new anchors. I get all my new ropes and everything else. I get that set up. I come back to the boat. I bring the sail out onto the, the dock up into the marina parking lot, and I kind of unroll it and re-roll it up to where I figure I can get the thing sold and uh, sewed up and stuff. So I spent the next day and a half repairing that sale. So now it's coming time to leave. I've now got two sales. I'm pretty excited again. I got both sales fixed. I'm confident that I've done a decent repair on the second sale because I've had practice on the first one. Thinking, okay, this is great. I'm going to be getting out of here pretty soon. I then realize... I go over. I start the boat. And I'm, I'm looking at. The, I'm looking at the boat coming back from the the sail repair, and it, it's not sitting at the dock the way it should. And I'm looking, and I kind of get on the boat, and I start to pay a little more attention. And then I realize I'm sitting on the bottom. There isn't enough water.
0: <laughs> I, got I, think, okay, I got another six hours for the walk. <laughs> exactly
1: right. I'm thinking. The boat is sitting in the mud at the dock, but it's still pointed It's not tipped over. I'm tied to the dock. It's not going to fall over, but yeah. I can't go anywhere. But you can't move without the I water. Can't, I can't move anywhere the till the bo- right until the keel of the boat comes out of the mud in the bottom. Oh, yeah,
0: baby. So I'm going
1: to hang out here for a little bit longer. <laughs> I end up leaving at like 9, 30, 10 o'clock that night. Oh, God. So now I'm not leaving during Gaylord House. I'm steaming out in the middle of the night. Oh, pitch black. Pitch black. But
0: What's that like when you just move from one... "Quote unquote safe place," and you just like you're out into the darkness of the abyss. Does that get your uh, your pressure up a little? It
1: doesn't. No. And I'll tell you why. I mean, I like night sailing, yeah. and the reason I think I like it is the ocean that you can't see isn't as scary as the ocean you can see. Yeah. Now, yeah. you you can't see that much out there, so what I find is you become more in tune to the surroundings. You you sail to the surroundings more. You pay more attention, you're more aware, whereas during the day, it's safe. No worries, I can see what's going on, no big deal. It's
0: like, what do they say? You're you're more apt to have an accident within a mile of your home because you're more comfortable. You're more comfortable, Yeah. right. So sailing at night wasn't a big deal for me.
1: Um, and And it became comfortable enough that I devised a plan that instead of stopping every night or stopping and going and stopping and going. I was going to sail 24-7 right through the night. And now everybody says, well, what do you do? How do you sleep? I devised a plan on, I get my radar, and you can set the radar out to certain uh, distances. You, You can do right into a quarter of a mile from your boat. You can go out to 24 miles from your boat. So I devised a plan of setting the radar out to 12 miles from my boat. So I can see anything that's out there. Are the boats, uh, buoys. Meaning safety, right? Safety-wise. So I can look at my radar and I can say, okay, there isn't anything out there that I can crash into for 12 miles.
0: Other than a whale.
1: Other than a whale, (laughs) which I'm not going to see on the radar anyway. (laughs) Right. So I'd take my chances with the whales. (laughs) Right. And what I would do is I would set my alarm clock for an hour and 20 minutes and the boat speed down to four to five miles an hour. So I can't cover 12 miles in an hour and 20 minutes. And I get up every hour and 20 minutes, I'll check my radar. If there was a point of interest or concern on the radar, well, I would have to stay up until that target cleared and then I can go back to sleep for another hour and 20 minutes. This worked out great. I think there were maybe two or three times at best where I had to stay up For maybe an extra hour till the target cleared. Because you can see the directions and speeds of all these other boats moving around you. So you can gauge, okay, we're not going to hit. You know, I go back to sleep. So that's how I got myself down to Miami.
0: So how long did the trip take?
1: The total trip down with the week spent on land in New York was 38 total days.
0: Wow. So let me ask you, um, because I'm remembering... As many of these years you've been talking about this trip. We, You and I have been talking about it for a while. And obviously, not, not everybody knows our history of being on ships, cruise ships. We went on 18, 17, 18 cruises. We've raised a lot of hell yep. down in that area. And um when you mentioned it to me, you're like, listen, I'm doing this. We <clears throat> were on my back deck a year or so ago. And you said to me, well, I'm only a few weeks away from going. You know, you're busy. I'm busy. We hadn't seen each other in a bit. I'm like, what? What do you mean? He goes. I'm leaving. I'm like, holy crap! You're actually ready to go, which I thought was really cool. But it was interesting at that moment, and I, you know, on the Daily Inspirational Podcast, there's this was such an inspiring moment when I was sitting there talking to you, thinking he's going to do this. He's going to just change everything in the next few weeks and and take a take life straight on. Not a lot of people do that, obviously, and you did it scarefully. Scared the hell out of me listening to your story, you know, and I knew that that this was going on. But I remember saying to you, "Um, you go down there, I'm coming down." That was kind of the big joke, if you will, not joke, because it was going to happen anyway. But yeah. you go there, and and you 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 live in Miami for the winter. I'm coming, yeah. I'm coming down, and I came down at the Super Bowl time. Yeah, and we had. One hell of a time being able to come down, have fun while you're in Miami and watch the whole process and listen to what happened. And, you know, I, I can only imagine, cause it's like, it, it feels weird now. I'm listening to you tell your story, but I'm thinking of that night that I spent on this boat, on this sailing craft now yeah. down in the, uh, what's the name of the, uh, where you were more? Biscayne than, Bay. It was Biscayne Bay. Yeah. So you guys got to imagine this. We're at Super Bowl week. Everybody and his brothers here. Jerry Jones with his $220 million yacht is next to us. Yeah, like,
1: I picked a spot to hang out though, didn't I? Oh uh, my. Right in the middle of it all. So
0: there was that one night our buddy Shonik was with us. Oh, mother of God. And uh, he's he's a he's a landlock landlubber he can't handle the water and we wound up out on t- and a little nap time was time to go to sleep and it's raining now and this boat is going left, right left right I got the the, the skylight open. Cause I was in your bed. You were sleeping in the galley on the table. Yep. Oh my God. You guys, you, you would have seen this. I'm laying in bed and I'm as comfortable as can be the winds, blow, you know, howling. And I'm like, I love the ocean, you know, I grew up on the ocean. And I figure, Hey, if, if we if this thing sinks right now, I can swim. Yeah. And we're only a few hundred yards from shore. Right. Not even, not even maybe, yeah. you know, we were close. I mean, I probably would have had to have swam a half a mile to make up, you know, with the current and everything, but I didn't really care. But that thing was rocking that night. That mast was going and our other buddy was scared to death going, holy crap, man, I live on a granite slab in the middle of the country. You know, I would never done anything like this. Uh, and then uh, it was, was it your, the, the neighbor that said something to you? Another guy on the boat next to
1: you? Uh, one of the people uh, had that boat, uh, you know, as you know, anchored up out behind like these high rise uh, condos yeah. for, the, for residents, and uh, you know every day I you know I leave my boat. I bring my little you know little rowing dinghy. dinghy over to the <laughs> yeah. seawall or the dock, and you know I jump up there and I get ready and I you know do my thing for the day. So, but over this time I've gotten to meet the people that are out there walking their dogs. They want to, what are you doing on that boat? What, why? Where are you coming from? What are you doing here? Oh, I'm right. down here for the winter. I'm hanging out. You know, this is where I'm gonna be. You know, I, I'll be out of here. You know, in a few months. So, you know, I get to know these people. So. Uh, you know, to, to, to jump back to that story for a second, you know, the boat's rocking and it's going crazy and I get up, it's probably about 3, 3.30 in the morning and I get up, I go to the bathroom. Well, the bathroom is right outside, you know, Shoney's bedroom. Yeah. And now he's sitting there, he's sitting on the so- on the uh, foot of the bed with his hands holding on to <laughs> each side of the, the, the doorway, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I look at him and I'm like, Shoney, what, what are you doing? He's just like, Jonesy. What the f? This boat <laughs> is gonna tip over! <laughs> I'm like the boat's not gonna tip over. What are you? What are you talking about? Right. <laughs> He's like, Jonesy, the mast just about hit the water. I, I could see it out my skylight. <laughs> right. I'm like, Johnny the boat can't tip over There's ten thousand pounds of weight hanging on the bottom of it, yeah. keeping it up like a boat. It's not gonna tip over. Lay down, relax, and go to sleep. Now, it didn't realize. It didn't dawn on me, or I hadn't realized, until after this. You know, turn of events transpired that how much my body acclimated to that boat. Because you guys are both up, you're you're feeling this boat rocking.
0: Yeah, I slept right through. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know the thing was moving. We just went thirty eight days on the high seas, right? So (laughs) yeah, I mean, just
1: this thing rocking around is no big deal. But to to answer your question, (laughs) you know, you guys, you know, a couple days later we do our thing and have a great time on the Super Bowl, and you guys go home. And I'm, I'm getting ready to go to work like the next morning. So here I am. And I kept coming up on the seawall and, you know, deflating my little raft to put in my backpack. And one of the residents of the condos comes out and says, oh, man, how was it out there last Friday night on that boat? I'm like, this was fine. Why, why, what are you talking about? He's like that storm that went through here. I was like, yeah, my two buddies are talking about it. I didn't really feel it. He's like, what do you mean you didn't feel it? That wind was howling so hard, so fast it woke me up. I had to get up. I, I went to the bathroom. I used to the bathroom. I looked out my sliding window, and a water spout went right by your boat. Yeah, <laughs> which, just which like, is basically a tornado a on tor- the water. A mini, yeah, mini water yeah. tornado. I just slept right through the whole thing. Well, the two yeah. of you were just like, oh but, man. But you,
0: I, I got to make sure that everybody understands this. That you yeah, know, you are Captain Ron, but you are also. Uh, you know, Captain Morgan that night. (laughs) You had enough to drink because we all we did was sit on the boat. I mean, for the the times in the past when we would go down to Miami, we would go out to the nightclubs and stay out till seven, eight o'clock in the morning, spend a bunch of money and get a hangover. But this was different. We had a lot of fun there and then we went back to the boat and we hung out. We had a cigar, we had a few drinks and then I kept looking at you going, man, he's got a bunch of drinks in him and you were laughing and we were busting your stones (laughs) and then we went to sleep, right? So in the middle of the night, there was something that was catching the wind it was on, it was sounding like a like a weather vane now on the boat something was moving cuz the wind kept blowing it it was like probably the winds were probably 60 70 miles oh <laughs> gusts stop the wind so i get up and i'm thinking wait a minute Jonesy's not moving, so we're either okay or he's dead. So I get up, I look over into the galley, and you just <laughs> sound asleep. I go, I'm going back to bed. I don't really care. So I laid there all night, and that thing pounded us. But I'll tell you, it was the most awesome moment. That, that storm that night was the best ever with the top open. And i just come from work, 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 work. And when I got done working, work, work, work. I'm, like, tired, man. I finally got down there, and I'm like this is what I want to be doing and taking time out of my, out of my life and doing it with somebody like you who we've talked about this for so long and then you did it. And I'm like, how can I not go down and hold my end of the bargain? Right. But, but laying there in that, you know, in the front of the boat, just enjoying the night air and the wind. And it's just, it makes you feel small again. Yeah, it does. Doesn't it? You must've felt that on the way down.
1: And an appreciation for life too. Right. It's just you. and, And I understand, there are water people, there are ocean people, and there are, there are woods people, mountain people. Everybody's different, and the yeah. boat life isn't for everybody, but, y- you know, we've touched on it. We have ocean yeah. history. We have oh. sail, uh, boating, cruising, sailing yeah. history. We both like it.
0: I love, love, love it. And you know, the time when we, <laughs> when we were on the beach, remember when we were down on the beach and we saw Brian Kilmeade? Yeah. <clears throat> I don't know if anybody of our listeners would have picked up on this, but it was right at the Super Bowl the, the day before, and... Fox and everybody were down there. The, the environment was awesome. And if you look at the picture on the, the website when you watch this, listen to this podcast, you go to my website, uh, drpercoco.com, drpercuoc com. You'll see us, a picture of us outside of one of the, uh, the South Beach pubs or what, no, I call it a pub, a freaking nightclub. The place was rocking. It was some of the most fun. <clears throat> that I looked over and I saw Brian Kilmeade, and he was doing something on his computer. And I said something snarky and funny to him and he looked up at me, kind of smiled. And then we're on the beach and Shoni showed up and now we got a couple of cigars. We got some music playing. It's sunny and I just escaped from frozen Boston and he escaped from the frozen Midwest. So we're down there <clears throat> here comes Brian Kilmeade. I go, hey, there's Brian Kilmeade. We call him over and he goes, let's go over and talk to these guys. So it was the morning. We talked to him, by the way. So we sit down. And he was like, have you met any celebrities? And we're like, yeah, we saw Brian Kilmeade. And we had a good laugh about it. And Sean was like, well, where's Pete and uh, the other, the the girl, I can't remember her name. It's escaped me. But they're on the Fox and Friends show with him. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> my wife sends me a couple of texts. How's it going down there? I say, oh, we're having a good time. Yak, 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 yak. So the morning comes, and she's watching Fox and Friends. And uh, she sees a uh it's like a little story, two or three minute story of Brian going everywhere, asking people who they've seen, over yeah. the celebrity sightings, right? Yeah. So by the time he gets to us, we were in his segment and we were the very last piece of the segment. So <laughs> when we were done, they went back into studio and Shoney had given it the, the segue into, you know, well, I love the show. It's got Pete and Ainsley. That's a, a, Pete and Ainsley and, and, uh, and Brian. So Brian was so much fun. Then he took a bunch of pictures with us. Yep. So my wife is at home. And uh, Angelina comes out. She's like, "Oh, I want. Did you hear from Daddy?" He goes, "Yeah, yeah. I, you know, he texted me yesterday." And then all of a sudden, here's Daddy on TV. <laughs> Lisa goes, "Angelina, look, this Dad! I was on the damn TV. It was the funniest thing." And then the phone started ringing like crazy. Yeah, are you at the Super Bowl? Obviously, I met yep. the Super Bowl. Yep. That, that was a lot, a lot of fun. I I really enjoyed that. But it was what a different vibe, though. You know, for us, it, it was a different vibe. And the other thing too was, you know, it was it was
1: really the last good vibe because right after that is when that coronavirus shut shut everything
0: down it was rough you know we actually think about how fortunate you were to make it 38 days without really knowing what to expect other than take it as it goes and solve every problem then you get there you're working as a contractor which you're totally skilled at doing so you're doing that and uh, you're figuring out how to use south beach i've done a whole bunch of homework on how to get from here to there logistics and everything so we were just moving and shaking. And it was so much fun, yeah. but it was, you know, when we think about it, my friends are like, so, you know, did you party hard down there? I'm like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm 50 something Not years really, old. I know I already did that, Yeah, but it was really nice to be in that environment. And then, you know, sit in some of the cafes and like, was it uh, Sunday or Monday afternoon? We sat outside yep. down in South beach. We had some beers for a while and just hung out and enjoyed ourselves. That was really, really fun. And getting back to the boat, like the lifeline and yeah. taking out the little dinghy with Shoney on it. And he was all busted up. <laughs> he was scared to death. We're not going to make it. Every time we went
1: either to or from that shoreline to the boat or the boat to, to the shoreline, he was bleeding.
0: He was. He had he smashed his knees. His he his had got his elbows. Yeah, everything. Everything. And he's like, I, I'm like, what are you doing? He's like, well, and I don't want to offend anybody, but Jesus Christ, this, this sucks.
1: Well, what the listeners probably don't know is this guy is a personification of masculinity. He oh, is a yeah. big, ripped, muscular <laughs> workout every time. He's a tough dude. Yeah, yeah. And he's the one that was bleeding every time we did anything. He
0: just didn't have the balance. It, was, it was hilarious. Not, though, he's not give a him water the business. guy. Yeah, it was just way, way too funny. But, you know, it was so much fun to um you know to be down there be on the boat and and the things that we did. The beauty for me was I didn't have to sail the sucker all the way down there. Yeah. And then you said to me, Hey, any interest in sailing back? Uh no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Maybe in a couple
1: of years when you get really experienced. Well I'll tell you what, just the this, the difference between going down and going home was night and day. Yeah. Um and everybody says, Well you know, you have joked about, you know, did you bring diapers? Were you scared? I wasn't really scared going down, and I think that was because I didn't know enough to be scared. Right. Uh, coming home, it was a much easier trip home because of everything that I had learned, either what to or not to do going down. Yeah. But coming <laughs> home, there was one night I was scared. Yeah. And that was, the, you know, I'll tell you. And it was the first time that I got that life raft out i had it ready i had my ditch bag ready to go i thought if this something happens tonight's the night and it was 80 miles from shore out in the middle of the gulf stream beautiful night great night for sailing uh you know bright moon full moon stars everywhere and you look out in the distance and you can see like the little flash of lightning Okay, no big deal. There's a little storm over there, probably passing through. It's pretty far out in the distance. I'm not going to worry too much about it. Now I go back to sleep. Get up in the next hour to check my radar again. And now you look over and it's the flash, but you have intermittent lightning bolts shooting out of it now. Mm. And it's closer. <laughs> and I'm thinking, I'm the only boat out here. There's no one here. And that's a big difference too, is going down. There was boat traffic the entire way. You had the snowbirds sailing down the same as I was. You had commercial boats going down. There was always at least something around that if it went sideways, you can radio those boats. You get some help.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm attributing it to that coronavirus. And going home, I was the only boat there. There wasn't anybody else on the water. There were no other sailboats coming home. You're probably right. There was no other commercial boats out moving around. I was the only one. I literally saw three boats the entire time coming home. Wow. So here I am, 80 miles from shore, watching this storm now that it's caught my eye twice and it's progressing and it's getting closer. I'm going to stay up and pay attention to what's going on. I'm going to see if my direction of travel and the direction of this uh, storm, if we're going to merge. Well, it wasn't much longer that I realized, yeah, it is. And the lightning bolts continued and they're shooting out (laughs) and they're coming down. And I'm just like... I've got a 60-foot lightning rod. Right, right. Hey, over <laughs> <Basically>, here. <laughs> yeah, right. Basically, right next to me. Yeah, right. Now, I do not like lightning at all. Yeah. And I'm thinking, holy crap.
0: Yeah, this so, could
1: be it. Yeah, This if this boat gets hit by lightning, this is going to be a problem. So yeah. I've got this, get the emergency life raft out. I'm throwing gear into a ditch bag that, you know, hopefully I can make it if it's going to happen. And I don't know what it is about, the ocean, or maybe it's the New England coast. Everything happens at one thirty in the morning.
0: <laughs> that's the witching hour.
1: It's got to be the witching hour. It's got to be w- whatever the the wind current, the tide. It changes. You know that's when you have got to make your big job. Yeah. Every it seems like any time something was going sideways for me, it was one thirty in the morning. So here I am again at one thirty in the morning, and this this storm is now minutes from crashing into me. And, I'm and thinking, it moves
0: fast out there.
1: It moves fast. Well, that, that's what I consoled myself with. Right. I'm thinking, okay, I might have to tolerate this for an hour. This right. is going to be a fast mover. It's going to go by and everything's going to be okay. But it's almost 1.30. Right. That's when everything goes sideways.
0: <laughs> this I've learned. <laughs> this I've learned.
1: <laughs> so I'm thinking, okay, I got to get a handle on this thing. Now, I remember I've got a little storm sail stuffed in the locker down below that I, I recall i have now these storm sails are supposed to be bulletproof you can't rip these you can't tear them you can't break them. they're going to hold up to anything i'm like okay i know what i'm going to do i'm going to rip this mainsail down i'm going to get it all tied up and secured i'm going to put the storm sail up so that's what i'm at that's now what i'm into and now this thunderstorm is is now it's close so the weather is ripped up it is, it is going.
0: Yeah, you got wind, you
1: got rain, rain, you got flashes everywhere. Flashes. I've got lightning bolts <laughs> and I'm now, now I'm at the mass. I'm, I'm not moved back away from that. I am working on the mass to get one sail secured and the other sale, yeah. you know. You're so going to
0: get exploded if it hits. I'm
1: thinking, yeah, well, that's what it was is, you know, I know for a fact, I've heard myself say a hundred times if I've said it once, When well, it's your time to go. It's your time to go. Right. So it was like, you know what? You better embrace that. Yeah. Get out there, get this sale set up so you can stay in control of this boat and just you're gonna have to learn to relax you have to calm down and i'll tell you what after coming to that realization and just accepting it what an unbelievable spectacle of nature to be out there just <laughs> lightning bolts <laughs> shooting,
0: shooting <laughs> all over the place did you find like you, in some moments you were so close to your death that it really polarized the importance of life I can't say that I did. I never felt
1: that I'm going to die shortly. It was just like, you know, the lightning storm was the only thing. Yeah, this could kill me. Yeah. But I didn't feel like, oh, I'm going to die. But you're you're getting about as close as you've gotten in the last 10 years of your life. Well, the thing about it is, is I I think whether I'm right or wrong, I I just consoled myself with the belief that if I'm not touching the mass and it gets hit by lightning, I, I might be able to survive. Yeah. You know, if, if I don't get hit by the lightning, I will sub. the boat can get hit by lightning. Yeah. As long as I don't get hit by lightning or I'm not touching Touching the mass when it gets hit by lightning. Yeah. I think it's survivable. But I didn't want to be working near that mass for any longer than I had to.
0: But you got a C minus in physics. (laughs) Yeah, right. right? (laughs) You're not exactly sure. Lightning bolts jump, right? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) At least you know now. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss, right? Right, right. Yeah. So was the whole trip something that really changed your perspective? Or, or gave you a new perspective? What, what did you finally take away from it all?
1: You know what? The, I think the biggest thing that I gained or that I got out of was more of a, an appreciation for other human contact. Yeah. And now I think that I've always been a pretty uh, independent person. I don't mind doing things by myself. Or, you know, like you said, ah, no, I don't want to go sailing. I'll come down and visit when you get there. But no, right. I don't want to do that trip that you're doing. Well, I right. can't find anybody that wants <laughs> to do it with me. So I'm going to do it myself. Sure. Yeah. You know, and so I've always been that independent. Now I'm going to do that stuff by myself and I've been okay with it. But I think when you spend, you know, 38 days by yourself oh, and yeah. then you spend, you know, I think it took me 20 something to come home. Right. Right. And then, you know, once the coronavirus hit down there in Florida and, you know, you're not going to show, you're not hanging out, you're not going meeting up with the public anymore. There was a lot of alone, I mean, really alone time. I was like, you yeah. and I, we can come down and chat now. and You know, we've got that friendship and that yeah. personal interaction. I didn't have that. Right. And that's when I think, I think I really realized, you know what? We need that personal interaction. We need that connection with other people. Yeah. And, I, and that appreciation, I think, is what grew for me. The most,
0: Yeah. Well, I've seen that in you and I'm impressed by it. I actually was impressed by the whole thing. I mean, you and I've talked crap for the last 20 (laughs) something years, but that was a big move you made. And I was like, you know, I've made some big ones in my life too. So we've kind of matured quite a bit to the point where we can have a hell of a lot of fun, laugh our butt off but not act like school kids either, you know, (laughs) you know, (laughs) anymore, anymore, right. But I mean, we still have fun and enjoy each other, but uh, just being in Miami was absolutely a ball. And, you know, and I'm hoping that on your next uh, awesome adventure, when it does arrive that, um, you know, I'll get an invite and I either may jump on board and say, you know what, maybe it's my time to go uh, do something that is off my comfort zone. I'm the guy who jumps out of stuff and off of buildings and bungees. You know, I just, yeah. it's just something that gets me to appreciate, as you once said, appreciate how important it is that I need to be able to deal with fear. Fear is a natural element. It's a natural human emotion, but it's the one thing that tends to kind of encapsulate our feet like mud. And before you know it, you're not moving. You're not getting out of your comfort zone because you're afraid, Yeah, but everybody's afraid. And really the the defining difference between those who find themselves at the pinnacle of things is those who were just equally as afraid as you were, but somehow they were able to push through their fear. And we call that courage. You know, a little bit of courage doesn't mean you're not afraid. It means you absolutely are afraid. But you realize that life only offers you so many breaths and so many days. What the hell are you waiting for? And that's what I took from your trip. I mean, when you went and you did your whole thing, I was like, I have mad respect for that. Absolutely. And I've known you for a long time, but that was one of the major events now that made me realize just how far you've personally come in your particular journey. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to say uh, I'm so pumped. That you came on to share it with me. <laughs> and then our friendship has only gotten better because of it.
1: Well, I appreciate that. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to be here.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you for coming on a podcast today. And um, I'm sure uh, we'll do something crazy again and share it with everybody. There you
1: go. We'll Z- look forward to it. Good seeing you, kid. All right. Have a good one. Ciao. Bye.